0: Let us pray. God, our loving Father in heaven, we thank you that you have revealed yourself to us in the presence of your Son, Jesus Christ, and have left the written, revealed word and record of your dealings with your people down through ages in the Bible. Bless us as we turn to it today and write this truth upon all our hearts and lives. For Christ's sake, amen. As I said, these last couple of weeks, we've been thinking and will be thinking in the next few weeks about Ezra, Prophet, yes, a minor prophet, but a major message. And so therefore, his message is very important to us. You we wonder, what has someone by the 5th century BC got to do with us here, this 21st century? But there's a lot of things to say to us. Many lessons we can learn. At the end of last week, in chapter 2, we learned that the people of Judah, who had been exiled for 70 years, had now returned again to Judah and Jerusalem. And there they'd give freewill offerings for the rebuilding of God's house because the temple had been destroyed by the Babylonians 70 years previously. And they gave money according to their ability. And then it says they went to their own towns again and settled there. Began to rebuild their family homes that had been devastated, destroyed. And now here in the seventh month, a very important uh, detail actually, you may think it's not important, but it is, because it was called Tishrei in the Jewish calendar, the seventh month, or October. And it was a very important month for the Jews, a time of religious festivals, trumpets, atonement, tabernacles. And so here they were gathered from their own hometowns and assembled in Jerusalem. But we, it wasn't to rebuild the temple, first of all. No, it says they were assembled as one man to rebuild the altar of God, first of all. Yes, a religious uh, symbol, the altar. But the key thing, I'll think about that in a moment, but the key thing here is it says, they assembled as one man. They united in focus, in determination, what they were going to do, revive, rebuild their civic and religious life, the national life of the nation, devastated and destroyed 70 years previous. They were now beginning to rebuild. they come back from exile. they have been sent in there because of their disobedience to God and God's laws and God's word. Punishment is over. God was restoring them. They now are going to rebuild the old ways of truth and righteousness, a nation going to be founded again upon God's law and God's word. But the key thing is, united as one man, one focus on God you see, the scriptures tell us, very importantly, in Psalm 133, how good, it is, how good and pleasant it is when brothers get, dwell together in unity. Paul wrote to the Philippines, he said, that they were to contend as one man for the faith of the gospel. And then later on, he says in Philippines, Make my joy complete by being like minded, having the same love, being one spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit but in humility, consider others better than yourselves. United. These people of Judah were united for the purpose, as I say, of rebuilding the altar, then the temple, and of worshipping God, rebuilding their relationship with God again. We are called into a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. We are called to be in Christ, united in Christ first and all, as our Lord and Saviour, living by faith alone in christ alone uh, for our salvation you know it's like a football team the football team are united together they don't have divisions squabbles and fights because they're all working out on the pitch to play the other team and to win or the army going into battle they don't go out divided they go under the instructions of the commanding officer to fight the battle and defeat the enemy we are called to be in christ Because we have enemies around us. The world, the flesh and the devil. The world, that's not the created world, but the world as the standards of the world. And they are far from God, aren't they? Our world we live in is not a godly world. There's no time for God or the gospel. So we're called to be together in Christ, to take on and to fight and to defeat with God's power and strength, the world, the flesh, those temptations and sins which... Come to everybody and which under God and His word and Christ we can defeat so the flesh, the things we're tempted to think, say and do wrong. And the devil, the great adversary, the accuser, the father of lies, he's our great enemy and he's the great enemy of Christians and of the church. His great delight is when he sees Christians not contending for the gospel, when he sees Christians working out of selfish ambition and vain conceit, when he sees Christians gossiping and hating each other and having bitterness, when he sees division in the church, he's happy. So these people here in Judah came back with a one aim and purpose, even though it says there was fear of people around them, they came with the purpose of rebuilding. And God calls us into Christ and he calls us to rebuild, rebuild our lives again. We're coming out of COVID and lockdown, social isolation, to a measure. And we're beginning to rebuild. Businesses are reopening again and rebuilding. Schools are reopening and rebuilding. We're opening church, restarting again, as it were. It's a rebuilding exercise. And so we need to be together in that purpose. We need to be together in Christ and rebuilding for him. I said earlier about the missionary societies suffering greatly because of lack of finance because of all the things that have happened because of, because of COVID. The church, the body of Christ, is to be like a body. Every part of it needs each other. The body is a unit, Paul says in First Corinthians chapter 12, it is made of many parts, though its parts are many, they form one body, so it is with Christ. We are all baptised by one spirit in one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, we're all given the one spirit to drink. If, every, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. One part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. We are to be in Christ, as I said. It's repeated, but that's where we lie. Our primary calling as members of the body of Christ, of the Church of God, is to be in Jesus Christ, united in determination, and purpose, and focus on Jesus Christ and that all that he has done for us. Paul in Romans chapter 12 tells us, that we are to be in Christ, living for Him, offering our lives to Him. First John says, We proclaim to you that what we have seen and heard, so also you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with Jesus Christ His Son. John said that he proclaimed what he had seen. He had seen Jesus Christ, he had heard the gospel, and were telling he said you're telling the early church what they were doing. They were to have fellowship with one another. Fellowship means friendship care, compassion, love for each other, nothing else. That's the bottom bottom basic line for the Christian and for the Church of Jesus Christ. And our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. If you're a Christian, you are supposed to be in fellowship with God as your Father and Jesus Christ as your Saviour and Lord. And you're having fellowship through prayer and Bible reading and worship of God every day. And so if you have fellowship with God as your Father and Jesus Christ as your Son, You're supposed to have fellowship, friendship in the same way with your fellow church members and fellow Christians. So we are called here in this passage to be as one man, just as the people are united as one person in the same frame of mind, the same focus to rebuild their life again. But then we see here that in chapter verses 2 and 3, there was this people called Jeshua, Not Joshua, Jeshua and Zerubbabel. And they took the leadership in rebuilding the altar and offering sacrifices on upon it. Even though it was a fear of the people around them, they went ahead despite the opposition. And in a few weeks' time, we'd be looking at the opposition to the rebuilding of a temple again. But in the meantime, they were rebuilding the altar and laying its foundations. And then they were offering on a regular basis all the burnt offerings. Why did they not build the temple first, you may say, and then build the altar? Surely that made common sense. Make the building and put the thing that's inside, inside then. No, the altar, they felt, was important because it was a place of cleansing, of thanksgiving and of renewal. Regularly, throughout each day, each month and throughout the year, sacrifices were offered on the altar in the temple for these purposes. So they felt... The important thing was to rebuild their relationship with God again. They'd gone away from God. They'd had time to think as it were. And God had restored them again in his mercy of keeping his promise back to their homeland. So it was important to build the altar, to cleanse them from their sins, to renew their dedication to God, and to give thanks to him. So that's why they built the altar, first of all. To rebuild, rekindle, revive, revitalise. Their, their religious life before they begin to build the edifice where God's presence in the temple was meant to dwell. You know, our lives, our hearts, not, the th- not just the organ that pumps blood around the body, the centre of our being is our hearts. They're meant to be altars. They're meant to be altars offered to, offer to God. Our lives are meant to be alt- altars offered to God each and every day. Romans chapter 12 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. That's what God offers. God offered Jesus Christ as the perfect once-for-all sacrifice on the cross for us. He calls us in response to what he's done there to offer our lives to Jesus Christ. Living sacrifices, not something dead and useless, but a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable, pleasing to God. That's what pleases God when we offer our lives to him. We set apart our lives for God to live them every day, wherever we are, in the shop, in the office, in the school, in the community, wherever it is, God offer, asks us to offer our lives Don't be conformed. Don't be like the world around us. There's the battle of the world, the flesh, and the devil again. Don't allow our lives to be conformed to what's going on around us, but allow our lives in Jesus Christ to be transformed. So God today asks us to offer our lives. The end of the service, we'll be singing that hymn when I survey the wondrous cross. The last few words of it asks us to give our souls, our lives, our all to Jesus Christ. So the altar of our lives is what God looks for. He doesn't look in our lives for ritual. He doesn't look for outward show and religiosity. He looks for a heart that's offered to God. David said in Psalm 51, you do not delight in sacrifice or I will bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. The sacrifice of God or a broken spirit, a broken contrite heart of God, you will not despise. What does God want? He wants us, our hearts to be broken, Open before Him to acknowledge our sin, our shortcomings, our wrongdoings, and to offer our lives to Jesus Christ who shed His blood for our sins on the cross. And then, when we've done that, we are one in Christ, and then we can move forward as a mighty army, as the true body of Jesus Christ, to live for Him every day of our lives. But the last altar we need to think about is the altar of our homes, our lives. Yes, the altar. Of our lives but our homes when I was preparing for this I talked about a family altar the setting aside of time in our homes for Bible reading and for prayer we've had lots of time haven't we had now since March lots of time we couldn't do a lot of a lot of things go out and about I wondered if we spend some of that time sitting down to read the Bible and to pray setting aside time when we say I'm very busy that's where the world was before COVID, wasn't it? Mad. And maybe it's getting back to a certain madness again, isn't it? We need to set aside time, sacrificing, as offering, what's a sacrifice is? Offering time to God. Jesus, after all, set aside time. He went ahead, aside a lonely place, it said, often to pray and seek his Father's guidance and help. And if Jesus, the Son of God, who is perfect, could do that, so should surely we who are more mortal so should we set aside time with god every day in our busy lives offer time to him you know it's the foundation of our individual lives it's a foundation of our home lives family lives and of our national life it's perhaps what's happened our homes have lost their time the simple thing as children are sitting down and reading bible stories Maybe learning verses of hymns and verses of the Bible. Spending time when you're reading a Bible story of the children every day. But ourselves as adults, setting a time for to be with God in his word and prayer. We need God. We have to be thankful to God for what he has done for us in these last months. But we need God in our lives each and every day. We are called to be united in Christ. And that's the challenge. Are we in Christ Jesus? The New Testament often talks when we believe we are in Christ, it talks about. We are called to be in Christ. We're called to give our lives to him as Lord and Saviour. We love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul and strength. As disciples, we're called to deny ourselves, take up the cross and follow Jesus daily. Because one day at the end of time, we give an account. Jesus says, but I tell you, that men will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every careless word spoken for by your words you will be acquitted by your words you will be condemned jesus speaking of discipleship also says that we will have to give account he tells us also regarding discipleship what will we gain if we lose the whole world if we gain everything in the world and lose our souls the most important thing we have is our souls our relationship with God and with Jesus Christ. Yes, these people here were united, one man in the aim, goal and for purpose to rebuild their religious life, rebuild their relationship with God. They did it through the offering of sacrifices in those days. They did it in accord with God's Word given by God to Moses was. They did it despite the fear of the people around them in the opposition. They laid the foundations of their national life upon God's Word and upon worship of God, and they did it on a regular basis, in the rest of those verses, it talks about doing it each day, it talks about doing it regularly. Our time with God every day isn't regular, it should be constant, it should be daily, it should be every day. And so today, God calls us, as we move into a new era, a rebuilding again, of our church life, and of all else goes on in life, He calls us to be one in Christ and to go forward under Christ. That's the way for God's blessing for us individually and for us as a church, to be one in Christ and to glorify him in our lives and our living. Let us pray. O God, our Father, we give you thanks for your holy and eternal word we pray that Your help its teaching and its truth to have written all our hearts this day, for Christ's sake. Amen.